Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce space. It looks like a corner because it is a corner, folks. I literally and figuratively bring you the best and brightest people in the space into my area where I can just talk with them about anything from Amazon to logistics to sourcing and supplying to marketing, advertising. Yesterday, we talked PPC. The world is our oyster in this space, and we're here to bring you the best and brightest who have done it, who have walked the walk, who have talked the talk, and can give you actionable insights to help grow your business, whether you're selling on Amazon, e-commerce, direct-to-consumer, multiple marketplaces, or you're just getting started on your journey, and you're like, what is this Amazon thing? This is the podcast for you. This is episode 229 of this podcast, Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer. Um, if you're new to the show, this is live on Facebook, let's try again, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter. Got it off my tongue. And uh, of course, you can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast des destinations, whether that be on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, any of your favorite podcast destinations. You can subscribe to that by just looking up Crossover Commerce Podcast with Ryan Kramer. That you will find all of our past episodes. Or you know what? Just go to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast to watch and look at all the transcripts of every single episode that we've uploaded thus far. That's right, 228, today's 229, 228 episodes uploaded to make sure that you guys can go back, reference um, past episodes, look at future episodes if you want to, uh, just subscribe to those um, down the road. We have so much content coming your way. I took about a three-week hiatus just because of traveling, a um, bunch of trips that kind of got compacted into March. March is I mean, figuratively uh, madness um, for so many different words, but it has been crazy. We're almost rounding out the first quarter of the year, but we're back at it with all of our podcasts. And that leads us into today's uh, title, what we call today. Uh, I always bring on back. Uh, I love people when they come back on the episode. That means I didn't screw it up uh, the first time or the second time, or if they happen to come up multiple times, I must be doing something right. So that being said, I'm bringing back Friends of the show, Lisa and Francois of Novaland, also Link of Leaders, their podcast, which is fantastic. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe as well. But we're going to be talking a little bit, a couple different things, right? Uh, the current state of logistic affairs, which is what Novaland does. But also, we're going to just recap a little bit of Prosper. Um, we haven't got a chance to do that yet on this podcast. where We were both there. We all met up in person. It's really good to see everyone individually in person as well as a collective we didn't get to see everyone but the people i did get to meet up with just good to recap uh they hosted a panel on uh the current state of logistic affairs we can recap that a little bit and also just um kind of chat with our friends in the space so without further ado bringing on francois and lisa of novaland guys welcome back to crossover commerce Thank you for Thank having, you for us, having again. us I'm I cannot believe that you're already on episode 229 it feels like we just joined you for your 200 episode. <laughs> I was gonna say guys I did one starting in 2021 I did I was on 30 then I buzzed through that and I got to 200 pretty quickly so yeah we were we were averaging about two a day two or two every other uh, one every other other let's yeah. try this again one every two days is what it came out. You do to. need more coffee. Yeah, well, I'm drinking it right <laughs> now. I'm on or less coffee. More or less coffee. I, I, yeah. I speak a lot faster when I'm with exciting people like you guys. So I appreciate it. You guys just came off a podcast, which is really mm -hmm. cool. You're doing the same stuff. You you guys just eclipsed 100, 150. What was it? Uh just eclipsed 100. Yeah, we we've got it booked out through like episode 126 now or something like that. Holy so time. we're we're Coming cruises. For you. <laughs> well, it, it, it comes and goes. It, it's always like it's a blur from 
100 to 200 and you're like what did i do in that time frame yeah. it's all over the place so um hey but thanks for coming on let's throw up some names there so uh lisa and francois host of link up leaders that's what we're referencing if you guys haven't subscribed again if you're listening to this um search for them on linkedin that's the easiest way i always feel like um follow them on linkedin and then obviously subscribe to those channels so um you guys i never asked this why did you why why podcasting like for you what what was that podcast journey like uh to get started and do your own yeah uh well it was just a or did Francois just make me well, I was No, I was going to let it, Francois answer because it was kind of his idea. I mean, uh, when I got hired on, the goal was get Francois on as many shows as possible. And, and I did. Um, got him on like 30 shows or something like that. Something crazy in a short period of time. But he really wanted to create the show because I think, and what I actually always tell people, I guess I should stop doing this <laughs> if it's wrong, um, is that, you know, when you were doing all the onboarding for the Noviland users, you were getting a lot of the same questions and a lot of the same misinformation from like the gurus and stuff like that. Mm. And just wanted to create like a repository of information. And we obviously don't know everything, right? Like we work in the supply of chain side of things. We don't really work within Amazon or, you know, we don't do any PPC or anything like that. But it's so much of their business that Francois' idea was really to just create this like this, this library of information and education for our users and really anybody wanting to scale their e-commerce business. Um, that's what I always tell people when they ask us why we started it. <laughs> what is your that's answer? That's right. Yeah, no, that's right. But I mean, originally it, it was just sort of a conversation in passing, if you remember. We were just sort of in the office and it wasn't like a, a huge, we didn't have a, a plan necessarily no. going into it, but well, we were like, we know what we like, we know what we don't like. I knew that going on other people's podcasts I didn't like the fact that I had to answer questions within a certain time. Like, you, hey, I'm going to ask you this questions. We have 10 mm -hmm. questions. You have two minutes per, per answer. I'm like, well, wh why? Like these, let's say the second and the third question have nothing to do with each other, but there's so much more that you could elaborate on the second question that it could tie into the third question. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you know, what if we could just have an open conversation? One that is conversational. It's not scripted. We just have a topic and we just sort of talk about the topic, which is what we've oh, stayed yeah. true to this entire time. But also it's how can you tie supply chain into it? Right. I mean, there's so much uh, content out there uh, that talks about marketing, that talks about more of this downstream. How do you connect with consumers? And, but there's not enough talked about supply chain. And today, for example, we talked about return logistics and uh, the way that Chuck was describing and he's with uh, reverse logics with an X at the end, the way that he was describing everything, it's like this perfect harmony where you think about everything and t the typical Amazon seller or brand in general, they think about the brand, they think about the product, they think about how are we going to market it? How are we going to build, you know, something fantastic online, but not so much, hey, what happens when people return it? How can that help us improve our product? How can that help us improve customer experience? How can that, um, at the end of the day, maybe increase our bottom line so maybe we could reduce prices across the board? We could service a better product and a better consumer experience. So there's so much that ties into that where it's like supply chain's not sexy. I get it. I get very excited about it. A lot of people don't. I don't know why blows my mind you don't know why but they don't get excited it, it, about it no i don't know why they don't get excited but when you start to really learn about it and the nuances of it it's it's fascinating you're Everything a big puzzler aren't you it. francois you you like puzzles I, you like putting stuff together and taking it apart i i think i do um but ultimately it's like look at amazon 
right? You might consider it a retailer, you might consider it a marketplace, but what are they if they're not just a massive infrastructure of very efficient supply chain operations, right? All the way from getting your products to their warehouses to getting it to the customer within one to two days. So they built this massive brand around just that, right? Consumer trust of, I know I'm going to get it tomorrow. I know I'm going to get it in two days. I know Amazon bets these uh, suppliers and that they have to hold uh, or abide by certain policies. So they're going to sell me a good product and they have the A to Z guarantee. There's just so much that goes into just supply chain that it, it, it's exciting when you actually learn about it and you don't talk about, hey, this is a struggle that I had with this one supplier. Yeah, that's that's it gets boring. But when you talk <laughs> about the entire thing, it, it just requires so much synchronicity and it sort of creates this harmony within your business that I, I find it extraordinarily yeah extraordinarily exciting <laughs> i like that I, and i think you were mentioning these too did you also feel like it was important to be able to educate people on the mic side of things too because if you're a guest i feel like you only have one purview and they're asking you for that one purview and you kind of get boxed in you said boxed in and i i definitely come from my perspective as a guest i hate being boxed in i want to go the breadth of every conversation that maybe comes up in the conversation. Um, but I don't, I don't feel like you can necessarily do that on the guest side. You can you can certainly talk about day-to-day. -day. That's why you can do 100-plus episodes, 200-plus episodes on my end. That, that's why I think it's exciting to be in a podcast situation. You're educating yeah. yourself in the breadth of e-commerce, not just that one little minute vertical. Oh, yeah. we, we I've, I've learned so much. And, and I'm sure Francois has too, but like mm. there's – we almost like selfishly book the guests for like who we want to talk to for what we want to learn about the different facets <laughs> of e-com. Um, and we can't be the only ones that do that, but yeah, just the oh, information you get. Yeah. Like the, the information that you get is just invaluable. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. There's people out there that came up to me at prosper and this maybe dovetails into it. They go, I love your show. And I said, you're full of crap. Like <laughs> there's no way that you uh, actually listen. This is people I respect in the space. Like, why, why would you spend your time, valuable time in the space listening to me? But but again, it's also a, I think it's a pat on all of our backs when you have people that say you're doing a good job. It's a validation thing. It's not why we do it, but it's also um, those people intimidate me into the fact that I don't haven't asked them on the podcast yet, which is <laughs> crazy to think. Um, but there's a subset of people I think are just, they got so much going on. They would, they would say no, and I want to keep my batting average at 100. Um, or a thousand, I should say, um, for the, for baseball references, it's a thousand hundred percent. You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. Got it. Anyway, so, uh, so, so who are those people who, uh, who haven't had on that you haven't, uh, you wish you would come on so far on the podcast? We haven't connected with Pearl and I would like to with first Love Pearl. Yeah. I, I think I got to meet her very, very, very briefly at powwow. And then I didn't get to talk to her while we were at prosper, but I know she was there. I would like to get pearl on which is also very uh i'm gonna tag pearl i'm gonna comment section pearl you need to go on link up leaders right now. <laughs> speaking of people who are listening vincenzo thank you so much for hopping on today look at that Ooh, that's sorry about the screenshot guys it jumps on us oh Ryan kramer keep it up i got it it's okay we uh my graphic designer he creates these boxes so it looks mm -hmm. pretty until you do the comments or the brand and anything and anything cool graphically in here anyways vincenzo thanks for listening on youtube i appreciate the 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 kind words and pearl um let's uh do this way so pearl first choice logistics uh first for shipping um uh, there's a there's a I'll, I'll let you guys know on the secret 
there's something new coming from Pearl and First Choice Shipping. Is Stay there? tuned. I can't tell you, okay. but there's uh, news and announcements coming soon. So I'm already gonna I'm gonna tease it for her. I won't say what it is, but it's coming in the next few weeks. Oh, maybe I'm gonna have weeks. to subscribe to their newsletter or something. Subscribe I, to the newsletter. Yep, you'll and see it on LinkedIn. Perfect. Yeah, shipping and logistics. I mean, we've seen and not too many. It's not really talked about hugely right now, but. China's going through a second wave or third wave or whatever you want to, however many waves there have been of COVID right now. And they shut down the sort of the Silicon Valley of China, which is Shenzhen. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I believe they also shut down a portion of Dongguan, but it's like, and this is, I'm going to beat a dead horse when it comes to supply chain. It just all ties together to the point where it's like, hey, truckers can't get into certain cities, so they can't deliver certain products. So they're just stuck with product in their truck, so they can't pick up anything. And so it's it's sort of going back to the harmony of like, well, everything affects everything. If, you know, China, if one small subsect of China and Shenzhen by no means is small, it's massive when it comes to manufacturing, particularly electronics and semiconductors. So if something like that gets shut down, the whole world is impacted and it's shut down for a week. Doesn't mean that everything's delayed by a week. It means they have to pick and and restart this engine sort of, of, Hey, the Shenzhen ports are closed. So let's say carriers are diverting to Shanghai and now everything has to be transported to Shanghai. Well, when they reopen, they still have a backlog of vessels that are waiting to get in. They're holding all this product. Everything's on containers. That means manufacturers can't use containers because they're already being utilized. And mm-hmm. so it's it's just problem after problem after problem. And I think particularly over the past two years and since we started the podcast, actually, uh, we've seen the topic of supply chain become more prevalent to where it's mm-hmm. not this just in time. What, what, what did you say earlier, Lisa? Not Somebody just in time. It, but just in case. Just in case inventory. Just in case shipping. Yeah. Well, just yeah. in case inventory. Inventory. Though. Oh, inventory. yeah. Not not even just getting it to where like it gets to Amazon, then shipped out, or you know, it's like having a little bit extra just in case something happens, just in case the boat gets stuck in a canal, or like just that buffer. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, having buffer stock. Is that weird? Is yeah. that weird to have to start planning for that now on your guys' side? Do you see a lot of clients that are uh, really planning for it? Well, so with. Uh, my background's more in industrial engineering. So even going to school, you learn about safety stock. That's yeah. like the one piece that everyone sort of You want that in almost any invis- industry, uh, food, you want it in any sort of, like yeah. I think in a service capacity in, or product capacity, if you run out, it's detrimental, especially if supply and demand, obviously. But yeah. that that's hard to forecast for you. Obviously, you don't want to overbuy, but to have it have just some, or at least have that backup plan in case... Like you said, just in case, you would think that people would snap into that a little bit more, a little bit quicker. You would think, right? But that's why it's like, you know, why isn't supply chain talked about more? <laughs> why is your why is your downstream supply chain the 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 marketing, the PPC, mm-hmm. the budget that you have for PPC, the uh, the expansion into omnichannel, but not your plan to expand into omnichannel? Why is all of that talked about more than your entire upstream? What about the relationships that you have with your suppliers? What about what happens if you can't ship to the East Coast? What happens if, you know, prices from UPS and FedEx start to go up, which is what we saw this year with an average 8% raise and Amazon's feeling it, you're going to feel it. So, I mean, it's why, why is that not top of mind when your entire business, the entire infrastructure is built on supply chain? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. 
Uh, mute myself. I got. It. <laughs> no, I got. I was going to take a drink, but then I started pushing buttons, and then I forgot about mute. Um. So just in case that makes sense, China China seems to be a lot of different. Has all these cogs going, but then one gear shuts down, and it feels like it's backing up. What What are mm. logistics? Uh, what are supply times now? Right now, uh, if I'm shipping from Shenzhen to West Coast, is it still as bad as it was, or are we? seeing alleviation like what is what is that generic time frame that people can see their goods turned around in i think right now going to long beach uh a conversation that i just had the other day they were seeing somewhere around anywhere between 50 and 70 days uh so it's still a very very long time as opposed to a 20-day sale time and maybe a week-long shipping time domestically mm -hmm. so i mean we're talking still 100% uh, increase or, or two time increase of what it was before. At are, least. Pri are prices still that high or are they have they they've come well? down? Yeah, they've come down a good bit. I mean, we were seeing them upwards of $20,000 at one point, which is absurd. Mm -hmm. Right. But I mean, it, it's basic economics, econ 101 supply and demand. Uh, right. right now, I think they're sitting they're teetering between like 10 and 13,000. So they've come down significantly, not significantly to the point where they're back at like the twenty five hundred to like thirty five hundred dollar level. Though. Right. And that's yeah. for a what size container? A 40 foot container. Foot. Yeah. Interesting. So like how have people adapted? I mean, since I have had you guys on last individually, I feel like there is there was a lot of trying to go in with other um, private labels or there was a lot of people who were trying to put duct tape over a giant gaping hole in their boat there there's a lot of like makeshift fixes to the problem but has there been a shift in like permanent fixes or is it all still makeshift at this juncture i think it's a, a big mindset shift and a big conversation starter right it, I, I think it's forced and we've talked about this on the show a lot uh, about this sort of forced maturity in the space where for example we talked about safety stock just now where that's that should be first top of mind for everyone well for those companies that it wasn't now that is top of mind for them mm. now they are thinking about hey what is the next step what if amazon changes my ipi and i can't ship it into amazon well i need partner 3pls well about those 3pls and sort of diving into prosper and, and our conversation from prosper fba alternatives it's well who's the right 3pl for you and how much volume are you going to be moving from them? What are the right questions to ask them even? Because if you've never worked with them, you would never know what questions to ask. It's not mm -hmm. just give me your price and I take the best price. It's, hey, what's the level of service? Can you take returns? Do you have experience with uh, repackaging or bundling? I mean, there's just so many nuances that sort of go into it that just have never really been thought about because it's always been done for you, right? Amazon, for the most part, for a lot of these brands, has been their bread and butter just solely relying on them what we're seeing nowadays that you can't do that mm -hmm. what about you lisa what what on the marketing side because again congratulations on the promotion Thanks. you haven't shouted that out i <laughs> i know what's going on on your guys' ends, don't you <laughs> he's <worry>. keeping up <laughs> i'm keeping up i know what's up um but since you since you've been there you know year plus i want to say right yeah um what's been different for you guys on the marketing side to have to re-educate is it more educational is it more um get the name out there more there's a lot of competition in the logistics and supply chain like you said yeah how are, how are you guys positioning yourself more so as a problem solver instead of just an educational component 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, it's largely done through the education though. I mean, we're focusing a lot on the podcast. We're focusing a lot on just getting Francois on other shows too, and really just creating those partnerships and being a, a, a reference point, I guess, for any of our partners where they say, Hey, you know, my clients are coming to me saying I'm having these, you know, shipping issues or sourcing problems, you know, can you guys help them out? Cause it's, we're not really, really big on a lot of this industry is so word of mouth and we kind of not lean on that, but that's, that's kind of where we've been really, really successful. A lot of our focus as of late has been focusing on our own e-commerce platform. Um, but as far as like the, the logistics, I mean, once you, everybody talks, like once you can help somebody get their product shipped here quicker and for cheaper, you know, or even on, you know, same price, if it's just faster, folks are going to tell their friends, like it's just or easier it's, or easier. Yeah. Just more simply. Yeah. yeah just going on through the, the platform. It's, you know, the proof is in the pudding, as they say. So, so what what are the um, you, you mentioned the e-commerce platform? Tell me a little bit about that, because I know we haven't talked about that specifically. You guys saw a problem. You created a whole different ecosystem slash marketplace. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I don't think last time we were on, we could talk about it. You couldn't. Yeah, no. yeah, we weren't allowed. <laughs> I knew about like, it. No. I'm just going to say I knew about it. But no one else did. did. Do you want to talk about it? Or do you want me? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit. Um, uh, well, as you mentioned, you know, it is uh, a solution, really, that we are able to provide a lot of our partners. We work with a lot of brands that ship the products from overseas and use us for sourcing or shipping or 3PL or all three of them. Um, and a big topic of conversation around the past 24 months has really been, hey, you know, Amazon is throttling my inventory or Wayfair is becoming more competitive, or I want to expand from Amazon onto other marketplaces. So let me start to use your 3PL. And so we, we added this new service of something we're continuously improving on and building out, but uh, essentially allowing them to offer their products without the referral fee that Amazon charges, which can range upwards of 15%, without uh, additional PPC or advertising costs, without additional storage costs, uh, with cheaper fulfillment costs, because we're able to own and manage our own fulfillment here in the city of Atlanta, in Metro Atlanta, actually. Um, and, and, and being able to offer all these things do two things. One, it allows larger margins for the brand, which is important. And it's not a rip and replace service. There's nothing you have to do, actually. We just list the products, and when people buy them, we ship them from here, and we pay you. Uh, it's, it's as simple as that. Uh, but two, it reduces the costs for the consumers, right? When you're seeing everything across the board on Amazon start to go up, and you know, eventually we'll get to a, a moment where we start to get into price wars, and prices are going to start to go back down. I love it as a consumer. I know that. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, consumers are seeing steadily raising, you know, rising costs and they want their products quick. So, well, if we can provide your product at a cheaper price because you're not paying all these additional operational fees and advertising fees and referral fees and storage, all these just additional costs that you have to factor into your price, then we can offer that to the consumer as well. And we could ship it for you and it could be delivered the next day. And we could provide you insights that the customers might be giving us that you don't have a chance to see necessarily on these other platforms. So it's it's this new service. It's called ModCart. It's launched in Metro Atlanta right now. Uh, we're adding a ton of new features, but also really becoming this essential part 
to Metro Atlanta's everyday lives by offering everyday essentials. So anything that you could buy at the store, for example, we're going to have all those products, toilet paper, paper towels, baby wipes, everything that you really need in life uh, and do that at a store cost because you also see like Uber Eats, which Lisa just sent me some advertising mm -hmm. store, which I find hilarious. I they would... were so funny. <laughs> I would oh, they, search... Can you eat it or not? Yes, yeah. Like See, and you... the lipstick. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> Uber don't eat. Tastes like purple, guys. Come on. Tastes just but, like purple. But then think about that. Like, how immediately do you actually need Q-tips or uh, toilet paper? Uh, that may, might toilet be a little bit more, more immediate need. But like aluminum foil, that's in one of the ads. It's like, do I need it within an hour? Probably not. But you're paying, you know, let's say an average of 15% on top of the product fee that's at the store you're paying, which is just the platform charging that service provider or that retailer. And then you're paying additional delivery fees Let's say $3.99, right? Doesn't seem like much, but then you're paying a tip, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're a commoner, which I hope most people do this, you're paying about 20%, right? And if you're spending like $50, $70 at the store, that adds up right there. You're paying an additional like $15, $20 just because you didn't want to go to the store. Well, what if we can offer that at store price with next day delivery? So we don't have to manage all the additional things or operations that Uber has to because they can deliver it within an hour or DoorDash, which is another huge convenience provider. I think they take up like 20 or 30% of convenience uh, deliveries, something like something ridiculous. Um, and, and do that uh, in a way that's not going to force you to pay more, but you can get the same products. Overall, it's just a solution for both sides, right? I mean, yeah. retailers want people to come into the stores. We get it. But people as consumers, we want the products and we don't necessarily need them immediately. And we're not always willing to pay an arm and a leg with gas prices being $450. Mm. <laughs> so, what a, so what about um, order online pickup? Like at a, at a location, they themselves are making them they're again Domino's is doing the same thing like the promotional aspect of you get three dollars if you choose to pick up towards right. your next sure. order so we don't have to send a delivery person to your like call it keeping the tip like that's what they're kind of promoting is hey yeah. you go to the store you kind of do all the legwork we get it we're going to reward you for it is that is that on the radar or is that still a very difficult like nature of takes away all the convenience of ordering online well, we're, we're thinking about it. And you forgot to mention a keyword there, Francois. It's not just next day delivery. It's free next day delivery. Free next day. So it's free yeah. next day delivery to anywhere in Metro Atlanta, which is not just ITP or in the perimeter. It's the 29 counties. And we also don't have the membership fee that everybody forgets that they pay for Amazon. Prime. <laughs> no, I don't. $12.99 a it's month. You don't pay for Prime? Year. No, I do. I'm saying I don't forget. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> don't forget. Going up this year. Yeah. It's, it's I make it worth it. It's, I make them gonna... do that job. I, I do, take, too. I take free shit. Uh, but, free, you, free shipping. but you you forget about it so it's like you know you're, you're paying for that but the the pickup we've we've talked about it i think it's gonna be it'll probably be a down the road thing but if it's free next day delivery i will just we'll, we'll bring it to you like it's it's saving time like there's so much other stuff that you have to do with your life and not have to go to the store for toilet paper or aluminum foil or you know q-tips or whatever sure. else it is i'll share the opposite end of the spectrum of amazon's leaning more into immediacy by that they're meaning they're also additionally charging you if you want it in a four-hour window right exactly. that night next morning before 8 a.m like i saw mm -hmm. 
what was I ordering? I was ordering USB-C to USB converters. Like mm-hmm. clearly not an immediate need. Like something I just, my wife said, we we should do this because we need it for the car. Mm-hmm. We, we have Apple phones now. We need to convert it. Okay, cool. Let me throw it on. I'll get it tomorrow. Big deal. Mm-hmm. It's in my mailbox right now, actually. Um, but Amazon was curiously asking, do you need this in the next hour? Okay, here's $2.99 for quote unquote free shipping, but need mm-hmm. it immediate. So yeah, thinking about it, they're leaning into it where a lot of people are trying to not obviously do it. So immediate, you're talking about not immediate needs, stuff like that, where they're charging for people that do meet, need immediate like for well, some that, reason I mean, or another. That makes sense. Think about like if your cord for your microphone went out and you had a podcast later this afternoon, you sure. go to the store, but think about your next thing. What if you had, what if your wife was out and your kids were still babies? Yep. Right. You have to now get them ready. You have to put the strollers in the car. You have to go all the way to the store, take them out, so hopefully with you the into the store. For the toddler, you have to remember the, the diapers snacks. in case you have a blowout. You've got to, I mean, it's a whole thing. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I, I guess there's two components to the lifestyle, right? One is really, you know, hey, I'm making enough money where I just want things quickly and I don't care. But also, it's, those that are probably underserved that have other things that they want to do. They want to go to the gym after work. They want to go to brunch and not have to go to the store right after that or right before that, because they want bottomless mimosas. There's so many parts to a lifestyle where it's, there's a lot of things that you just don't need immediately. Uh, But Mm -hmm. again, you're just not willing to pay an arm and a leg and retailers or brands certainly don't like it. Amazon just continuously raises their prices. Carriers are too. 3PLs are going to in the next year or two. I mean, it's going to just keep adding up. So why not have an alternative to that? Is there a, is there a, <clears throat> we're talking about this kind of pre-show for everyone listening and watching. Again, if you have questions, everyone, I'm just going to put it out there. Feel free to throw those in. Like Vincenzo um, doesn't have to be a compliment. It could just be, hey, I don't understand this. Please, <laughs> please explain it more what we're talking about. I have a question. What is the, how much is waste versus convenience outweigh each other? For example, we were talking about this pre-show, Lisa. Hey, is that electric car actually being, pro- is that battery being processed at a fuel effi- or a power efficient way? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Is the process of having a immediate shipping, is that going to outweigh Amazon's pledge to be eco-friendly because you have somebody on standby who either has to get it to you in two hours or not? That's just one truck maybe that's doing it. I don't know. Like it, it is it is there an out is there a line where maybe that's just too too much? Yeah. It's a good question. Sorry, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Uh, I, I was just gonna say, I mean, there's much more than that, right? There's the cross distribution, for example. It's hey, you send it to Amazon. How many other warehouses is Amazon sending it to in order to get it to you within four hours? Because if you're in Ohio and this thing is in California, you're not getting it in four hours. Yeah, no. you have to wait the one to two days. They're only offering you that four hour window for products Whatever that they have locally, regionally. Correct. Yeah. 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 So it's like, think about all the networks that they have to create there. And obviously they have the infrastructure for it. So they could do it. But it's like, you know, what's that worth to you? Do you are you actually an earth warrior or tree hugger if you're ordering something <laughs> within four hours? Or do you just not saying, understand how, the supply chain complexities? How does, yeah, how does Amazon continue to uphold a pledge logistically to be carbon neutral by 2040, whatever it is? If you're offering something as as specific as, like you said, regionally, again, I think you can logistically try to load up one van 
and get mm. it to places and regionally figure it out, but that you're leaning on technology very heavily possible. Mm-hmm. But is that is that something that also goes with that pledge? Again, I'm talking hypothetics in the logistics world. You have you have so many moving parts. If one thing breaks down, you're you're gonzo. Like you you have no you're not going to get your goods in next day or two days. It's it could be lost. It could be all these things. A person crashes. Like all these things mm-hmm. that happen. Yeah, I I think I. I my immediate reaction is that they're really going to have to start leaning on kind of the use of the drones because there's a, there's a reason why you can like select your Amazon day delivery and get your product shipped at one time and with fewer boxes, right? That way you're using less packaging theoretically and you're, you know, having the truck being sent out to your home less frequently. But if you're talking about you've run out of some very important item, let's just say diapers because that's just first thing that's coming to my mind and you need them before 8 a.m., or before 4 a.m., whatever the option is. Or that child wakes up again. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then you're just, like, wrapping them in towels. Um, they, they're they probably going to have to use the, the drones to get them delivered. And I only say that because I think that there's a way that you can maintain the pledge to be carbon neutral when you're using electric vehicles, even though the development of the batteries is using a lot of, you know, fossil fuels yeah, and semantics, stuff like that. Yeah. It's semantics. Exactly. You can kind of work the books to where it looks like you're doing a lot better. Sure. Um, and in that immediate moment, you technically are. I think that it is possible, but they're not going to be able to continue to do it with gas powered trucks. And they might even be using EVs, but still the net at the end of the day doesn't really work out super great. So I don't know. It is when you uh, yeah. own an EV company, so I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Anyways, well, Francois, go ahead. It's, it's uh, important to also note, you know, a lot of these companies just have ESG scores, right? Environmental, social, and governance. Mm-hmm. And they're scored based on that. Nike, every major corporation has these. Uh, so, I mean, for them to say that they're going to either offset or go neutral doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to stop using gas or anything. It's just, hey, we're going to also put forth, let's say, 10% of our uh, overall annual budget is going to go towards R&D that's supposed to help reduce a lot of this. That's true. And that's part of their pledge. And that's, you know, it's sort of like how a company says, hey, for every box shipped, we're going to plant a tree. Well, you know, how are you going to plant that tree? Uh, does that actually make an impact? Are you looking at the mm-hmm. short term or the long term? Are you p- planting bamboo or it does it actually affect any of the packaging? So it's like you're doing something that offsets, but it's not necessarily saying that you're getting rid of your process, right? The greater that you grow your supply chain globally, the more impact you're going to have no matter mm-hmm. what. Uh, but it's, I don't know, I would have to look more into sort of what what they mean by neutral. What does neutral actually mean? Yeah, because Flexport, for example, you can offset your carbon emissions by donating a certain percentage of your costs. And I think you can even write that off. Uh, But you you pay a certain percentage to offset your carbon and they donate that on your behalf or something along those lines. But I mean, you're not wasting any less. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess that's where I was thinking, like from from the carbon neutrality and and offsetting kind of perspective is like like a true like reduction of use as opposed to like a monetary offset i mean they could do that all day long you yeah know? monetary offsets you see that all the time amazon would say hey do you want to your goods on your prime day or which mm. i didn't even think is a thing it's not a thing it's mm-hmm. you're on prime you get it on <laughs> tuesdays every week like there's no way i'm gonna do that but is is a dollar and credits or how, how much is actually incentive incentivation 
incentivizing people to hold off on a day or two like is a dollar really worth it not for a lot of people i mean what are you gonna do rent a movie i maybe i don't know but <laughs> they add up but movies aren't a, where are you getting movies for a dollar yeah that's a better no, question. no no i mean the digital rentals or i don't know i mean you need like three of them <laughs> to add up to that but that, that's the question is like is dollar really incentivizing people to mm-hmm. hey i'm gonna hold off on a day or two or three or five for all my goods to come in one package mm-hmm. maybe not like I don't think that's the case for a lot of people. Do, do you see an uptick on that? Or is there any data that you guys have that people are willing to just give up free, have free shipping, but give it up for immediacy? No, I, I don't think so. Especially after COVID and everything having to be delivered to the home on a you know two day or less turnaround time. I can't imagine after the dependency that we've created from ordering, you know, from e-commerce that we're going to then say, I'm only getting stuff on Tuesdays. I don't see that happening. Well, especially when, you know, everyone that's growing up, that's all they know. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, the older generation, uh, they are used to going to the store and it's this 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 part of their life that's integral. Right. But you're 18 years old coming out of, you know, living at your parents house. And all you know is, hey, for the past 10 years of my life, we've been getting boxes and it has everything we need. Mm -hmm. Hey, we don't even go grocery shopping anymore. We just get HelloFresh and it's delivered. And we don't know what to do with these ice bricks that they send with it. <laughs> it's no. it's just oh my god, you get so many of them. <laughs> you need to recycle it, but you need to remove everything from the inside first, and all yep. that. Other yeah, it, it's exactly. It's like you know who's who's actually doing these things. I think you know if we actually wanted to change something, it's it's not so much we're, we're not going to change our habits uh, very easily. At least we we could change it through education, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, what can I do? That, first of all, is not a big part of my life. I don't have to change anything. I'm still going to order from Amazon. But what else can I do that maybe helps out? Can I donate the boxes somewhere? Can uh, can I sign up to a recycling service? Well, I've never thought about signing up to a recycling service. Maybe Amazon could tell me about my local options. I mean, there's there's more that I think a lot of these big corporations can do when it comes to education and mm-hmm. and sustainability uh a lot more than just hey we're trying to be sustainable <laughs> right yeah. well there's also um amazon announced long-term storage if it's sitting in this warehouse for longer than what a year i think or a certain if it's between time a and time mm-hmm. b they have to either remove it or it has to be um, they're going to be penalized by it with a fee or they have to have it burned or anything like that what what's mm-hmm. are you guys getting questions and pushback from clients from that of how to get it removed or what's the worry there? Well, I mean, uh, Amazon and, you know, we, I think a lot of us have to stop calling them warehouses. They're, they're warehouses by what we know centers, of warehouses. Yeah. They're fulfillment, fulfillment centers. centers. Their goal is not to be the new, next uh, uh, U-Haul that has a warehouse where you store your products and you pay a monthly rent for that particular lot. No, Amazon is trying to have quick turnaround so they can continue bringing in new products to get you the four-hour delivery service. So part of Amazon's goal and and just talking to uh, enough people is is just let's aggregate as much data as possible. And that might mean that we have to pay a pretty penny to bring in a thousand different individual units of this product just to see how quickly it sells. And then we're going to scale up those operations because it doesn't cost them that much, but it's it's a lot of resources that they have to invest time wise. So the more data that they can collect, the better they can provide you or the customer and experience. Uh, ultimately, that's part of their entire flywheel, right? Provide the better experience, have more options, um, 
what is it? Have more options, get more customers, provide the best experience to the customers, propose better products to them. And, and that's how they sort of have their three PL mm-hmm. or their third party flywheel. Um, but in regards to, you know, uh, the storage, yeah, we have to stop calling it a warehouse. It's it's 100% a fulfillment center. And yeah, I think it's their job. It would be irresponsible for them to just let people just use it as a warehouse. Yeah. What let, let's pivot a little bit. So going to prosper show I, and yes. this has to do with logistics. Prosper. You guys, you guys had to <laughs> prosper. Yeah, there's so much. Seems, it seems like a blur. It seems like forever. Not too long ago, but it's already on. Oh, geez. Three weeks ago, yeah. Um, haven't done a recap, but I attended your guys's um, panel, and I know you guys talked about logistics and kind of the current state in there. What was kind of that process like? First and foremost, being asked to speak, which is really cool, and then also hosting a panel. It was a good sized crowd, I would say. Like, what what was your guys's take on that from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a ton of fun, first of all, and an honor to be asked to be a speaker. I mean, that was my first ever Prosper show. So it was like, what am mm-hmm. I? I've never been here before. What am I doing on this stage? This is crazy. Um, but no, it was it was fantastic. I mean, I think that Brian and his team did an incredible job, job just to give them kudos for organizing everything. Um, Tony and Jody did amazing um, with the execution of day of, but it's the amount of information that was shared there was just absolutely incredible. And from the speaker's perspective, it was, we got to learn so much along with our audience too. I mean, you, you were out, you know, in the crowd. I hope mm-hmm. that you were able to learn a lot from that too, but of course. it was, it was like a live podcast episode with an audience or other people in yeah. real life. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to do a little shameless plug here. We're actually going to have three of our panelists on our show next week. Um, yeah. Well, once gonna, or separately, separately, so we're going to have um, Manish and <laughs> Let Eddie. Them shine individually. Exactly. Yeah. We want to dive into each of their solutions because we only got 45 minutes up there with four incredible panelists. We had hmm. the CEO of delivers CEO of Kahoot, um, Matt Snyder with Barry, and then Eddie Levine with, hub dub i mean we you can't dive into each of their businesses in 45 minutes where you also have to talk about like the alternatives to fba and like how you know mm-hmm. it's it's so much but um it was the most incredible experience i kind of forgot your original question i'm just like no i'm saying i'm <laughs> saying what it, what it was like i it's so best. so what i guess i'll back up a little bit your guys's expectations of prosper met exceeded let down a little bit or a little bit mixture of all what, what I, was your all take so he's been to a Prosper show before. Okay. Having not been to one before myself, I would say that it met my expectations. I kind of likened it to the large annual conference in the background screening industry, which is my where I come from, sure. um, called the PBSA annual show. And it's a little bit like, you know, larger than life and everything is, you know, all the booths are crazy and there's lots of people. And I would definitely mm-hmm. say that it met expectations for sure. Um, the, I would have loved if the breakout rooms were a little bit closer to the exhibit hall, but I don't think that that was within anybody's control. I think that that was a uh, Home Depot took over the whole other wing. Salesmen, they get so excited. They're loud too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to Home Depot if you're listening. If you're listening to Home Depot, you know how to throw a conference. Like, good for you guys. Just um, the sales managers, though, no one else. Just the sales. <laughs> no, cool. And the van- vendors, right? The the brand owners, right? Yes, I think. <laughs> I thought yes. they were. I thought they were showcasing their products. I don't know. Uh, I know they had a there, was a, there was a product a show. Yeah. There was a product right. show. Then there was a Home Depot show. And guys, 
this is in Vegas. This is like conference central and the yeah, mecca of the world. Like there's constant conferences going on and they are all in the same building. Like mm-hmm. there's there was no doubt that we were gonna overlap with somebody. I completely spaced it. I was like, oh Prosperity, we're gonna take over. I was like, no, Home Depot's sales managers are taking over. <laughs> like there's way more Home Depots in the world than there are probably close to Amazon sellers. Like I don't yeah. think that's true, but it felt like it at that juncture. Yeah. There, um, there were more orange tags than than you know what to do with over there. I yeah. kind of hope everybody was in aprons, but no dice. Yeah. No we need to do something like that at Prosper. So we, we stand out or do a hoop and hollering <laughs> session. I'm sure we get so many people on board. Yeah. Now, um, so, so you guys were asked, uh, Francois, you've been to a show. Was it in 2021 you attended or was it before that? Uh, 20, it was either 2019 or 2020. It was, so I think the last time. Okay. Yeah. Pre-pandemic. I think it was the last time that they were joined with uh, the affordable shopping destination, ASD. Okay. And that I was, was 19. Cause I don't think there was a show in 20. Was there? Cause that was at the height of it. I mean, everything broke. Uh, up it happened. It happened. And then everything shut down. Oh, it or did 2018, happen. 2018, I think. And this is, I, I, uh, Tim Jordan was speaking at one of these uh, events and I even, uh, in some of the webinars that I was, cause I was hosting webinars at that time for, for Novi land. I was using his example of, he was talking about product development and it was a syringe. Uh, I, it might've been like a, a shot syringe or something, not like a, a medical device, mm-hmm. but uh, he was like trying to go cheap on it with his manufacturer, just trying to get the price down. And this is before he knew like how to develop relationships with them. And they ended up like thinning out the walls too much to use less material to meet his price point. And that's where I was like, this, this is the type of event. These are the types of conversations that everyone needs to be having. Like the actual, like, Hey, gritty. Yeah, the nitty gritty, yeah. more than just surface level stuff where it's, it's, it's eye opening. And I think this one far exceeded my expectations. It was the events were hands down some of the best events I think I've ever been yeah. to. So, well, and to be fair, I went in with very high expectations. So I think that's why it didn't exceed expectations necessarily. It met my very high expectations for the show. So, yeah, I I always keep very low expectations. I don't. Just so you can (laughs) exceed them. No, yeah, I thought I would agree with you both. I think, I think the number one thing to do is obviously kind of catch up with a lot of people you, you met with or were introduced through. For two plus years i know there was a lot of events happening in back half of 2021 mm-hmm. um that was definitely overwhelming i think overwhelming to the point of there's not enough time like yeah. i'm a big time yeah. component but i spent like half an hour talks with like a lot of people that doesn't math does not add up quickly in my mm-hmm. favor if i continue <laughs> to do that so shout out to people who who spend some time with me but again i feel bad for not spending i mean i know we we both brushed into after parties and mm-hmm. i know you guys were buzzing around and um I guess you guys did something different too than what Ping Pong did was Ping Pong had a booth. We had mm-hmm. some other people right. there. You guys did not. What Correct. was, do you feel like it's a pro con, a wash? What do you guys, um, what do you guys take on if I'm an I, exhibitor or service provider or sure. something like that? I would 100% exhibit there if I was a service provider and we are a service provider, but it's just, it's not something that was necessarily in our plan to even do in the first place. Like we were still having conversations up in the air about whether or not we should go to prosper before we were invited to talk. Sure. Uh, but the, the amount of people that were stopping and talking at these booths were insane. 
And uh, like they didn't just have salespeople, a lot of these booths, they had experts mm -hmm. that and I was overhearing some of the conversations where they were just talking like, hey, this is my current strategy. I'm struggling with X, Y, Z. And I know the Helium 10 booth was doing this. They had a whole lieu of people and the take a team too. The take and they a were, team. Yeah, they, they were killing it. Um, and they were just saying I, I overheard a few conversations. It was just like, hey, these are the steps that you might want to take to try to correct this problem. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, as a business owner, that's maybe doing 500,000, a million dollars in sales, uh, 2 million, 3 million. If, if that affects 1%, 5%, 10% of your business, that's a huge amount in just one conversation, right? Right. That's guidance that you can give your team that maybe none of them thought about because they didn't have that experience. Maybe mm -hmm. they use a service, but they never actually talked to an account manager about that specific problem. And they've been there. They've done that. And, and so it's, uh, yes, the networking is huge, but the, the value that the sellers get when they actually attend and they just come with problems, that's invaluable. That's way, that that's worth way more than the, what, 300, $400 that, that you're spending to attend the conference, yeah, just the floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just the floor. Yeah. I, I think. I definitely would like to see us exhibit in the future too. I think for this show, because our goal wasn't necessarily to promote Noviland, we were coming as, you know, the co-hosts of Link Up Leaders. And that was yeah. our entire kind of directive was to network with Stay future guests. And yeah, I mean, to, to network with future guests and meet with previous guests, um, you know, then it made more sense for us to be mobile. But I would maybe not in 2023, but in 2024, I definitely want to see us exhibit either as Noviland or as Modcart. And that way we can kind of start onboarding some of these sellers to be on the platform. But we'd start, we'd have to be rolling with more than two deep. We're going to need some help. <laughs> we're going to need teams because we're still going to have to be out and social and hopefully oh, yeah. speaking again. Um, but I think our, our mobility was to our benefit this year. I think that we made a good decision by not exhibiting. Not saying that exhibiting wasn't more than beneficial for a lot of these companies. I'm sure you guys had just an endless ear booth was always busy. I'm sure you guys got a ton of leads from the show. But for kind of our objective, I think it made sense for us to not have a booth. Yeah, it was a lot of good conversations. I think I kind of painted a picture on what a lot of people were looking for. I think mm. you got to kind of got a sense of where people were and how to meet them there. Um, it was very inter interesting. I think I, my takeaway would be a lot of it was, hey, I think we're finally ready to start selling in a country, not the United mm. States. Like mm -hmm. a lot of it, a lot of it actually surprised me in that, um, both on Amazon, but also on different, different platforms. So omni-channel approach was definitely not just, here in the United States, but also internationally, I think a lot of people are looking for the move, whether it be, hey, I'm an eBay seller. Now I'm going to start selling on Amazon. Awesome. Very cool. How do we help you? Um, there's a lot of, uh, hey, our business has gone up and down. We had to figure out logistics, COVID, blah, 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 blah. Now we're ready to start kicking the high growth gear. Um, how, do, how do you help us get into Canada or Mexico or something like that? Or they're trying to figure out sourcing logistics and trying to figure out what's more cost effective, maybe with the person in helping them in Mexico or China or India or you name it. A lot of people are having those kind of conversations that came in with the, hey, this is who I want to kind of focus on and go from there. Um, I will say disappointed on the location aspect of the hall versus mm. the the talks. Yeah. I think that we did lose. I think there's a lot of like traffic and because there's so many talks like you guys had, a lot of people stay in there and they just like conquer down and they're just going to go from room to room. So you mm -hmm. kind of miss out on that traffic besides mealtime which is 
no one's gonna miss meals and like, yeah. food yeah. and stuff like that. They're not gonna walk around. It's like tell me about your business. Um, so I think that was a that was feedback I personally gave, but I was zooming around. I was I was all over the place. I think it's hard to like meet sellers where they were and not like just be approached because that that's kind of the the whole stickler, if you will, of having a booth is you don't want to just stay landlocked. You want to try yeah. to meet people where you are. And the, I mean, for the first one out of a pandemic, that's it's not bad at all. Do you guys have a a future plan on other ones you want to attend or exhibit at this year? What what's kind of that for you? We don't have a plan yet. Um, just go with the flow. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. Go with the flow. Right. I mean, there's there's tons of events is a thing. Yeah. Right. There's uh, ASGTG coming up. Yep. Uh, there's um, Take a Pow Metrics. Powwow is in July. Powwow is in July. Uh, mm -hmm. Take a Metrics, um, Elizabeth Downing and Cameron Yoder or Yoder. I don't Yoder. know how to say his last name. Cameron Yoder. Yoder. Uh, they are moderating one event. It's called, I think, the it, LA Ecom. Some, yeah, the e yeah, e yeah, the LA Ecom. E yeah, and that's uh, and we have a promo code we could share with you after this too. I think it's Take a Metrics fifty or something like that, fifty percent off. Uh, Liz, I know you're like, listening, so you need to throw yeah. that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like that one's fifty percent off. That's a in a, L A. So it's like you know if amazon sellers and i know this is something that mina recently talked about in one of his uh posts mina elias. Uh, he, yeah mina elias uh and he one of his strategies and one of his goals to grow his business is hey let's attend as many conferences and events as possible as a seller and learn let's say one thing one key tech takeaway that we really should just look into because we never thought about it how is that going to help us improve our business and going back to that one percent rule right it, is that going to improve our business by one percent that's one percent we didn't have before what's one percent to a million dollars right i mean that's it, it just starts to add up and if you do that at every conference or every event learn all the service providers learn ping pong payments and how they could save you millions of dollars or <laughs> millions sponsored of dollars, by ping millions of dollars. Save you, a lot you know you know how Not we need to make you. our uh our kind of travel plan is find yoni mazur's personal assistant <laughs> get his events his calendar. name is rob stanley <laughs> Rob oh, is Rob. booking all this stuff for Yoni. <laughs> Whatever, Talk call to Rob. Robbie Talk and just to our be good like, Rob. "This is what is These Katina doing?" Great. <laughs> they have a good. They have a good thing. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have seen. They actually have an event schedule. They kind of do per quarter uh, hmm. of all the things that they're sponsoring slash attending. And I think that's kind of a cool. Go quarter by quarter, plan it out that, that way. They do a lot. Like that's a lot. So we're kind of on the flip side of that. I think it's. How do you be strategic about your ROI? And as a service provider, it's a little bit different. Like seller, a little bit different. Like you're investing mm -hmm. in yourself and business. Service provider, I know everyone has the same thing of, hey, do I throw another $5,000 at a 10 by 10 booth with the hopes of hitting different clients and getting $5,000 worth of clients? Some people, yeah, it's really easy to do depending on what you do. Mm -hmm. But if I'm, I'll just call it Helium 10 and my subscription or a lifetime value of a customer is, five thousand dollars that's pretty easy like or yeah. whatever you want to call it uh mm -hmm. if it's a lifetime they're spending five grand with me pays for itself so it's easy to to spend it but if you have something low value and maybe it's just like hey your long-term play maybe it's a little bit tougher to turn that around into a client again each company is different it just depends yeah. so um well, i think yeah. they could take away what what you said right it's sort of that that qualitative data of hey what do people actually care about right now what are their pain points uh how can i help solve that if that doesn't make me five thousand dollars now can i turn that into something that does eventually 
I mean, it's, uh, I think a lot more value than just getting that one customer, that one client or the 10 clients that you go there for. It's, it's the opportunity to, to be connected. And that's really what this entire space is about, right? Your corner of the, of the internet, for example, just connects all these different service providers and industry experts on different topics. And that's what I love about Amazon. And I know Lisa, I, I think you share a similar sentiment with like the community. A hundred percent. Yeah. I've, you know, spoken before about my previous industry being significantly more cutthroat and it was, you know, very, um, the background check service yeah. industry. <laughs> yes, it is very, there's some shysty <laughs> people, but you know, there, there wasn't as much of a sense of there's enough pie to go around. There are like, there's enough business to go around. We can all get a piece of this pie. It's totally cool. Like everybody does so many different things within the industry and it's just much more like welcoming and everybody's so much more friendly. And it really is like, Hey, let's, let's all kind of be successful in this space. And how can we help each other do that? It's just the most supportive industry that I've been in. And I am thrilled to be here. Please invite us back to speak, Brian. It was the best. Um, but yeah. And you but find yeah. out, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, Ryan, but Very you fine. find out also like as a service provider, who is your wrong customer? And we were talking to Mark Casey a little bit more uh, from Mark Casey SEO. And he was saying, you know, not every client that I meet here or potential client is right for me. And I'll just refer them to someone that I yeah. know in the industry that is right. Uh, for example, he refers David Day on to clients that he knows would just be a better fit for David uh, with the Ecom Cooperative. So it's just it, there's I think it's more than just looking at the ROI. And it's tough for a lot of businesses, I think, to to not look at it from an ROI standpoint when that's usually the topic of conversation. Oh, yeah. But you can even look at it from like the longevity of like that investment to you. It's such a great place to make content. Like Taco mm. was recording much content. Carbon six was doing podcast. Helium episodes. 10. Cassandra. Helium 10. Oh my gosh, Cassandra. <laughs> um, they were making like TikToks left and right, man. Like there's just so much that you can do there too. And it's like, never again, are you going to have once a year, are you going to have all those people in a room together where you can make this content and then recycle it throughout the rest of the year? I mean, mm. so that's so much of your investment as well. I think that it's a kind of an elongated ROI as opposed to like how many qualified leads do we leave with for X number of dollars put into this booth? Yep. So, yeah. Yep. As a marketing team, I, I understand that too. You got to <laughs> represent it obviously not and look a little bit past the ROI. It's important in terms of leads and generations and stuff like that, but obviously representation and just making sure you have that education. We did do, I brought all my gear to do live streams, but man, that internet, that would be one thing. Else, just like <laughs> yeah. wired internet. It's like 2,500 bucks. That's yeah. crazy. So yeah. uh, Westgate or not Westgate cheese, Mandalay Bay. If you're listening, Mandalay. you guys need to turn, you guys need to calm down with the pricing. Get it together. <laughs> Mandalay. That's a, that's a little bit, that's a little bit much, but yeah, they have shop talk right now. There's a lot of different events where I think, breath instead of just like just amazon stuff i know you guys do probably the same thing too how do you service the e-com person but also service like the business to business person like mm -hmm. everyone's kind of like working in various capacities and how do you want to do you want to make a big splash okay that's going to cost you fifty thousand dollars okay are you like do you have the team to do that do you have the budget resource it's all a, it's all a thing on the service side so if you're listening to this on the service side of things Please, if you're a seller, attend these events because it makes everyone happy to know that yeah. there's lots of sellers who are intrigued. But on the flip side, how do you get in front of those sellers who don't want to go to Vegas or don't mm -hmm. want to travel across the world or mm -hmm. and, and kind of get your name in front of them too? So it's all a big, 
mystery that we're slowly unpacking together. So mm -hmm. um, what's uh, I know we're kind of already at the top of the hour for both of you. What is the um, people know how to connect with you guys if they haven't already they haven't listened to the podcast. What is what's kind of on the radar for the next couple of months, weeks until we talk again? Uh, well, we're actually moving offices, which is really exciting. Um, so we're going to have fun little new backgrounds for us. And I'm actually having our graphic designer, Jero, work on giving us a facelift for the show. I didn't tell you that, Francois. We're getting new thumbnails. Okay. Um, new thumbnails, <laughs> new backgrounds, everything. Breaking news. Um, yeah, breaking news. We're getting a facelift. Um, but we're really going to be focusing on, like I said, we're still focusing on ModCard as far as the show. We're going to keep going live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Um, you can find our audio-only versions, the audio experience, as I like to call it, on any of the major podcasting platforms. Uh, Link Up Leaders podcast and our LinkedIn handles are down here at the bottom of our faces. I wonder if I can point in the right yeah, spot. There we go. Um, right that, that's the best place to get a hold of us. But otherwise, we're just going to keep cranking out content and hopefully see everybody at a lot more shows. That's what I yeah. would like to do. I'm yeah. trying to get us in as many places, in front of as many faces as possible. Mace, so. Faces and places. That's, faces and places. <laughs> that's the rule of thumb. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, we're ASGTG. Well, um, I know we just closed on the Ecom Co-op event that will be announced mm. soon. That's it's coming soon. I don't know if that's public knowledge. It's supposed David to be huge in Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So we, okay. uh, we're going to be there for that. And obviously, and let's, let's give David a shout out real quick, too. He just had a baby. So congratulations. Yeah. He did. Well, he's been texting family. me the last, he's been calling me and texting me the last couple of days. So hopefully it's not been re recent, recent, but oh, he's texting me recent. today. Yeah. I was going to say, if it was today, then, uh, Please no, 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 no. She she was due like while we were at Prosper. Yeah. So oh, I know. Still, I was mad at him for showing up, but he said. And Yanni Kosminski. Yanni Kosminski had Yanni a baby had it Everyone, Everyone's having. Prosper. Yeah, everyone's having babies. But David, I, 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 I don't want to skip over that. I, I know we're over the time, but David okay. Dayon is probably one of the best people out there. Join the Ecom Cooperative. If oh, you're yeah, a seller, if you're a service provider, they will do everything to make sure that you have the right uh, services paired to your business and that you have the best relationships and, and they're overall, I was telling David, probably one of the best people ever. Him. He, he gave Lisa, a, a break from her heels, had her yes. sit down and went and got her a fixture, a plate of food. Like he did. what? I walked in and he was like, how you doing? I was like, my feet hurt. He goes, come with me. He sat me down, <laughs> fed me. It was fabulous. I love him. He's so David, David knows how to wine and dine guy. people. And yeah, he does. So that's why he has four kids. He has to make sure everyone's happy with him. He needs to yeah. feed, feed the children. So no, David, David's amazing. Um, he's been calling and texting me every day this week. Uh, a lot of cool stuff that we're going to do together personally. And then also uh, Ecom Co-op stuff. So I'm excited to announce that awesome. soon. But yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for hopping on. Gosh, Francois, you've been you. on quite a bit. I know, Lisa, you've been on a couple times. So mm -hmm. we appreciate you guys as always obviously go check out novillain.com um is is um the new uh marketplace up and running is that is yeah, that's, yeah. for atlanta so if you're from atlanta give it a try right yeah if, if you're living in any of the 29 counties that make metro atlanta as south as sonoya otherwise known as noonan or as north as jasper you can find us on modcart.com over my head <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to trust you that those are places. This is our things. corner of the world. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, stay in the South guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <This is laughs> no, I appreciate you guys hopping on as always. Um, if you want to hang around after, I know you guys are busy doing multiple podcasts every single day. So go and check them out on uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube link up leaders. Go and check them out. And we're going to get Pearl on. I shouted out to her. So I'm going to make sure I tag her in that. Thank so you. she knows 
it's about time she gets on link up later. So <laughs> there we go. Hey guys, thanks so much for hopping on crossover commerce today. And thank, thank you. you guys for hopping on crossover commerce. If this was your first time or your 229th time, that's right. This is 200 episode 229 of my corner of the internet. No, it's crossover commerce with Ryan Kramer. That's me. I'm the host. We go live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, as well as publishes on your audio uh, formats. Basically, anywhere you want to, just search for Crossover Commerce, subscribe, rate it, think, tell us what you think. If you have a topic that we haven't covered yet, which I doubt, but is possible, go and let us know. Just connect with me on social media. If you want to hop on the podcast, more than welcome to see what we can talk about and uh, get some education out there to the people who are trying to grow their business. As always, I'm Ryan Kramer. This is Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys uh, tomorrow, another live episode on Crossover Commerce. Take care.